Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by Hope. Ray, we have four weeks to turn this around. We have the Jets, the Giants, the Eagles, the Dolphins. We can turn this thing around. These are teams we're more than capable of beating, but it starts this week. Now, before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know where can they find us? You can always find us on facebook.com slash thegoldcast, and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere that podcasts can be found. Like, subscribe, and comment because we certainly want to get your feedback on today's upcoming preview, which is a bounce-back week for the 49ers. Normally, it would be a momentum week is what we all anticipated, but this time, the Niners are in a position where they have to bounce back in a very tough division where they are the only team with a loss coming out of week one. Now, Raymond, if they want to talk to you specifically about this week coming up, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis One. You'll see the uh, the handles right there. If you're on YouTube.com/slash/TheGoldCast, then you'll see our handles, which you should be because we've been promoting it for what I don't know a month. So you better be here. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at. I am Rudy 3RD. I am Rudy 3rd. All right, here we go. This is our preview of week two, 49ers at the Jets. Here we go. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's here. Your professor of fanalism. He's here too. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? ready? This is the Gold Cast. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! Raymond, we were pretty confident going into week one. Yes. Instead of a revenge season, <laughs> it's revenge week two. <laughs> <laughs> you have the team at, I believe, 14 and two? Yes. The margin for error is very slim now. <laughs> We can only lose Very one slim. more game. Uh, you know, <laughs> one more with game. these injuries piling up, I almost see like a 12 and four coming if if things don't shape up. I mean, it, I mean, I, 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 it's pre, it's a premature premature pessimism, which is not normally my uh, my thing, but uh, but you know, and Arizona's no slouch, so that's the other caveat to it too. So we do, we fair, do have fair. some some easier games coming up. And hopefully we'll be able to build some momentum off that and get some of the players who are healthy right now, get them more involved and then have some have some gel going by the time some of our big guns come back. Absolutely. Okay, so let's let's talk about the schedule for the next several weeks, because it's not that bad. We've got the Jets, then the Giants in the same stadium on the East Coast. Then we've got the Eagles. They're kind of like a wait-and-see team. You know, they, they were kind of a, a little rocky here in week one. They might be good. By the time we see them, they might be horrific. We have no idea. Then we have the Dolphins. But then after that, it's the gauntlet, too. 
So we basically have four weeks to figure this out, to get everybody healthy, everyone back, and then it's go time. I mean, and the gauntlet, I'm not sure if any other team has a tougher schedule than we do in that in the gauntlet too. So this is prime time right now. If we lose to the Jets, the Giants, if we lose to any of these teams, we might be in serious trouble. But having said that, I think these teams are super beatable. How do you feel? We should come out of this stretch two and one by <laughs> by no means is that difficult. We all saw what Pittsburgh did to the Giants on Monday night. That was never a contest. We saw um, what happened to the Jets against Buffalo uh, in week one last week. So we know what they bring to the table, or I guess I should say lack thereof, what they don't bring to the table. And the Niners, even in a position where the offense is really banged up, including some of the starters who are, you know, supposedly going to start on Sunday, i.e. George Kittle, I still think there's enough there on defense, even minus Richard Sherman, because we don't even know. I mean, we're going to get into it, but, you know, there's enough there's enough room there even to allow some margin of error and still come out with a W. I don't think I think that's obviously clearly that margin is much smaller against an NFC West opponent, but against the Jets and next week, the Giants, there's really no excuse. But having said that, we're pretty banged up, and we're going to talk about this in a second. So let's start, Ray, with just the basics that I like to talk about. I like to talk about the Vegas odds. I like to talk about just the numbers. What, what, what does Vegas say about this game? So here we go. So right now, 49ers are the favorites, minus 7, Jets plus 7. The over-under is set at 43.5. And let's talk about a little bit of trends. Let's see. San Francisco is 6-3 against the spread in its last nine games against the Jets. What's that mean? Absolutely nothing. The Jets are 5-1 straight up in their last six home games. The 49ers were averaging 20 points per game this season, 18th in the NFL. We're surrendering 24 points per game this season, 19th. This based off week one. That's the only numbers that they got. Jets are averaging 17 points per game, surrendering 27. So even based on those numbers, we're ahead. Okay, but before even we get into that, though, let's talk about your favorite section, the injury report. Okay, great. Uh, great segue there because this is always, this has been my, not only is this a big component of every team week to week, but it's obviously a bigger component for the 49ers because this is really where where I feel their chances of getting back to the Super Bowl lie. I don't think there's any other determining factor uh, unless like some anomalous playoff blunder. I really don't see any other hurdle other than health really slowing down the 49ers. And they dealt with health issues last year. It's not like they were completely pristine the whole season. They dealt with injuries and actually performed beautifully throughout most of those stretches that they were missing guys. Key guys bind you too. These are starters. So this week we had Richie James, who did not play, uh, did not practice Wednesday and Thursday, the day of this recording. We have George Kittle, who didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, although he's gone on record to say he will play on Sunday. Knowing George Kittle's crazy cowboy ass, he probably will. Jason Verrett, hamstring, did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Doesn't really matter. 
because we don't expect much out of him anyways if he was to start. We know Richard Sherman is officially on IR for the next three weeks. He'll come back the same week that Debo Samuel comes back, so that's unfortunate. That means Akella Witherspoon steps up, but speaking of Akella Witherspoon, he did not play on Wednesday because he's going through concussion protocol. This is someone who didn't play a lot of snaps last week, but he was still in concussion protocol. There is so much potential for him, but for some reason he just gets in his own way and just is not able to tap into the potential that we saw in him, which is why we drafted him in the first place. He was limited in practice today, so that is good news. That means he might be ready. And we know that you know Akella Witherspoon is capable of playing well, and if there's any team that he could have success against, it's definitely the New York Jets. D. Ford, uh, Neck, was out of practice Wednesday, did not participate yeah, I mean, he's. this is going to be kind of the MO with D. Ford because he's just a little on the fragile side, unfortunately. But when he's healthy, he's one of the fastest burst yeah. defensive ends in the entire league. And Brandon Ayuk, hamstring, full practice today. Great news. So one of our big guns or potential projected big guns had a full participation in practice today. So I think we can kind of anticipate he's going to have his debut on Sunday. I'm very excited to see what we get out of him because a lot of guys are banged up. George Kittle's not going to be 100%, so someone needs to pick up the slack. Either it's Trent Taylor, Kendrick Bourne, Richie James. I hope Richie James comes. He didn't practice the last couple days, so hopefully the hamstring's not bothering him and he can come in on Sunday because he can contribute to when he's healthy. Ben Garland, our our offensive lineman, ankle, full practice today. Awesome news. Now we get some more help because we know that the inside of the offensive line took a bit of a beating with pressure last week nine total pressures three sacks not good not a good showing for the offensive line jimmy g struggled and was actually starting to rush his throws towards the end there because of the lack of protection i think he was starting to you know he was starting he lost a little bit of trust within that game not overall but within the game lost a little trust within the line and as a result we saw him rushing throws and missing some key throws when we needed him to make those throws more more than any other time in the game i.e fourth quarter last series or last possession for us i should say so that's pretty much it on the Jets side of things oh my god listen to this list you've got lamichael Perline running back not the starter anyways ankle limited practice we know Le'Veon bell's officially on the ir for a few weeks we know Mechel Becton, uh, tackle, knee, limited practice, full practice today. So he should be good to go. Jamison Crowder, the really the only productive wide receiver on this team, plays out of the slot most of the time. He had over 100 yards yesterday and a score. He's got hamstring, limited practice on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. So progressively worse uh, up to this point. We'll see how tomorrow pans out. Saturday, they've got to travel. So He's got a small window to decide whether he's good enough to go or not. I'm thinking no. Now, if Jamison Crowder doesn't play, that really makes things a lot easier on our existing secondary, particularly Mosley and, more importantly, Akello Witherspoon. If Crowder's, if Crowder's not there, that makes things really good. But even even if Crowder is there, that means he's most likely going to be paired up, I would assume, against Kawan Williams, who's a terrific corner. So I wouldn't be too bothered even if he did play. And if he does, we know that he's got a hamstring issue, so there's some issues there. Joe Flacco, neck, limited practice. Limited practice, he's the backup, so who cares? 
the linebacker Frankie. I completely Luke. forgot he was even on the Jets. Yeah, Flacco's on the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> right when you said it, I was like, Flacco's yeah, on the Jets. Frankie Lavu. I'm not <laughs> really? sure if he's a starter or not, but he was a full practice today. Avery Williamson, hamstring limited. Oh, practice. Avery Williams. Can I just say, problems. <laughs> Always problems. Avery Williams <laughs> drives me drives me nuts. Kalen Balaj, running back, hamstring, full practice today. Now the running backs. It doesn't matter. We know that Frank Gore is going to get the start for this game, so it's going to be Frank Gore versus our defensive line. So any of these names I'm throwing out here, I mean, if they're limited in practice, which both of these running backs are, Frank Gore is going to get the bulk of these touches with Le'Veon Bell out. And for Frank Gore is capable of also catching the ball out of the backfield. Now, he doesn't quite have the burst and elusiveness that he used to have, but he's still a productive back, albeit short yardage back now. So, okay, but hold on. Before you before you keep going, can we just talk about for a second that Frank Gore has been in the league for 100 years? Literally every year that the NFL has been in existence, he's been here. And not only did he start with the 49ers in 1849, <laughs> he's now starting against <laughs> them uh, during in the gold 2020. I am so happy that Frank Gore is actually starting against us. That's like my favorite thing about this game is the fact that Frank Gore somehow is still here. How How is this possible? And if he literally can't die. He's like Michael Myers. He's the Michael Myers of running backs. And if he is able to get, if he's able to have a, a good game against us, man, we got bigger problems to solve because Frank Gore, again, Frank Gore is not the same running back and he's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame based on longevity. You know, typically, you know, five Pro Bowls really isn't, I mean, but hell, Terrell Davis went to the uh, Hall of Fame and he only played for like seven, seven seasons or something like that. Patrick Willis is, you know, perpetually now in the hunt. Uh, Patrick Willis to me is a shoo-in. Seven years, seven straight Pro Bowls. Um, So that's a no-brainer in my book. Um, so, but anyways, uh, I digress. <coughs> I think uh, Frank Gore should be no problem for the defensive line. I think uh, I think some of some of the rushing yards that we got last week, a lot of that came from you know off script Kyler Murray scrambles, and for the most part, I thought we did a pretty good job against the running game. I think this week should be a breeze by comparison. So I'm not expecting too much. There was uh, the tight end, Daniel Brown. He had a hamstring. He was full practice today. Uh, Kalen Balaj that I mentioned earlier, he was full practice today. George Fant, the, uh, not, the, not the Fant uh, at Denver. That's another offensive player. This is a tackle, shoulder. He was a full participant today. Alex Lewis, offensive lineman, shoulder, full participant today. Frank Gore, non-injury, got rest, didn't participate today. I'm not sure why. Might have been more veteran rest. I'm not sure why. Terrell Basham, linebacker, hip, limited in practice today. So the Jets are, they're, they've got, you know, four guys in there, running back, tight end, two offensive linemen that are healthy that are going to play on Sunday. Everybody else is really a question mark with the exception of Gore uh, as well. But And that's a combination of defenders, wide receiver, running back, another tackle, so and missing two key players, potentially two key players, A, Le'Veon Bell, B, Jameson Crowder might not play on Sunday. So that bodes well for the chances for the Niners on Sunday. This team does not have a whole lot of anything going on on that team. Even Sam Darnold, I know he's he's got some some flash to him every four or five games. But for the most part, I expect him to throw picks. I expect him. I expect the turnover margin to be really good against the 49ers this week. I just think. I just feel like this week against this opponent has the makeup to be a very 
successful bounce back game. And if it's not, then I will, I would consider that to be a concern going forward. Okay. So let, well, let's talk about the concerns. That's a great segue. Two questions. So on Monday, here's two scenarios. You tell me what the story is going into Monday. Version one, we blow out the Jets, kick their ass. I mean, this is like, they're just donezo. Just we obliterate them. Like, let's say, not even that crazy, but like 28-7. What's the story on Monday? The Niners are back. Jimmy G. I mean, what do you say the story is going into Monday if we kick the Jets' ass? I think that's best case scenario because this is a lesser opponent. And if they struggle against a lesser opponent, then I think they're starting to show some vulnerability. And they're also also that the compromises on offense health wise within the wide receivers is too much for us to handle right now or or is or is barely getting us by the the weak opponents. So if we don't blow them out, then I think that's that's not necessarily great i mean it's good to get a w but it's not great if you're struggling against a team like the jets so if we smash them which i think the niners clearly do like the niners were more disappointed than anybody else on sunday you could hear it in their voices and the tone you know talking about it they weren't expecting to come out and lose a tie and it was a tight game it's not like they got blown out and beat up you know they just got the offense couldn't generate uh, couldn't generate first downs because of the lack of health at the wide receiver position. It was it was too much. Last year, this time, we had Debo Samuel. Last year, this time, we didn't have Emmanuel Sanders, but we had enough there to get by. So, And last year, George Kittle didn't have a hyperextension you know, in the middle of the game to really, even though he participated as a decoy, was ineffective uh, as far as getting, getting catches and running. But, uh, you know, this week, I think, is is a golden opportunity for them. And I think there's enough depth and talent there. And Brandon Ayuk's going to be in the mix here. So this is a, that's exciting. There, there is some upside there. I knew he was going to be back within a couple weeks because he wasn't on IR. And it was kind of a week-to-week thing that he was going through. So glad that he was a full participant today because you know Kyle Shanahan's going to mix him up in the offense. Now that he's got another wrinkle to put into the fold there, you know that's going to open up other opportunities too depending on how, how well he performs because it could be the Trent Taylor, Kendrick Bourne show uh, in this one. It could be the Ross Dwelly, George Kittle show. It's hard to figure out. And it could be the even the, the most reliable receivers right now to me seem like it's Raheem Mostert and Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield running backs. Those two guys are going to get mixed up in the passing game too. We saw both of them get mixed up in the passing game last week. Jarek McKinnon actually had a pretty good debut. All things considered of what he's gone yeah. through, he looked pretty damn good, relatively speaking. So I feel like, you know, he only has one trajectory going forward right now and that's up. That's up. up in in uh, touches on the ground and up on touches in the air. So I I think that's uh, that's encouraging for Niner fans because uh, I'm excited to see him because then that's also fantasy draw, uh, stock uh, stock goes up too if he's able to contribute similarly to Raheem Moser because we saw what Raheem Moser did last week he was picked up right where he left off extremely explosive ran uh, I think clocked at 22 miles per hour the last time someone was clocked at that speed his name was Matt Breida against the Cleveland Browns the cheetah night. yes he had that big burst uh, 80 yard run in the beginning of the game 
They clocked him at 22 miles an hour. Raheem Mostert, same exact speed clocked in this pass game. So hopefully we can get another big uh, big chunk play out of that, a big explosive. But we're going to need more explosives this time than we did last week. So hopefully we see some of that with the return of Brandon Ayuk. I'd love to see him get a big-time catch and touchdown in his debut. Okay, so here is my second question. What happens if the Niners lose, then what's I'd the story? What's the storyline going into Monday? Oh my God! You can't if we the, lose. the media is going to eat them alive, the we're going to get destroyed. Like, yes. What is wrong with the 49ers? They're not as good as they used to be. Is Super it, Bowl hangover. Then, then it's going to Jimmy yeah, G sucks. Yeah, Jimmy G is going to get a ton of criticism. Kyle yeah. Shanahan's going to get flack. The defense. Well, if the defense does the same thing and it's just the offense that's dragging along, then it's going to you know Robert Sala didn't get any flack. You know, even though they gave up 24 points, that was because they ran out of gas. They held them pretty good up to that point, kept giving the ball back to the Niners, but the Niners kept getting three and outs, and they were abysmal on third down, and they couldn't sustain drives. And so the defense got gas and could only do one thing, and that was to just kind of give up points at that point because that's what happened. So I don't really blame the defense last week because I think like they did their job, but the offense couldn't generate points and sustain drives. It wasn't until their backs were up against the very wall of, of no return you know, i.e. that last possession that ended up, you know, blowing it on fourth down and turning the ball over on downs. And then all uh, Arizona had to do was kneel for a few plays and the game was over. Um, so but I think that, uh, you know, defense is probably going to stay right where they were, even with the absence of Sh- uh, Richard Sherman, because the caliber, again, no DeAndre Hopkins, no Larry Fitzgerald, no Christian Kirk. You know, it's a bunch of nobodies and maybe a one-legged Jameson Crowder. So I think our chances are pretty good in, on the defensive side of the ball. But if we lose, I think it's it's probably going to be because of the offense being, um, being unable to sustain any drives. Okay, having said that, I know we had our predictions a couple weeks ago. But today, going into Sunday, who wins by how many points? Niners win convincingly, and I think it's something around the vein of 28 to 10. I'm going to say Niners win for sure. I'm with you on that, too. Yeah, and I, and I, I honestly, I think it's going to be uh, the offense. I don't think it's going to be a Jimmy G show. I think it's going to be one on the ground. I think we're going to ground and pound them because our running backs are healthy. That's where an area that we're not really hurting all that much. So I think we ground and pound them. And that sets up play action pass. So, but again, it's going to be a run first offensive offensive attack followed by the pass, not the other way around. Once the other guys get back, then we'll see a little bit more balance. But right, I mean, Kyle Shanahan likes to run the ball regardless of who's uh, who's healthy and who's not. But I think with uh, knowing that he's got some reliability in the backfield between McKinnon and Mostert, I think you definitely got to lead this plan of attack through them. Yes, I agree. And I'm going to say that we're probably going to win not by that dramatic of a score for me. I'm going to say 28-18. We win by like really? 10. Really? 18. Okay. Yeah, we win by like 10. Uh, but but convincingly. Like if you look at the Browns tonight, they won convincingly, right? Even though it was a tight margin, they won convincingly. Right. And I think that this is the week the 49ers get it together, defense gets it together, offense gets it together, and we show what we're about. 
Like I said, my one frustration is that all the NFC NFC West teams won. The Ravens look great. The Chiefs look great. The Saints look great. Those are the other three teams that are, right. you know, expected to be in the championship games at the end of the year. Even with Green us. Bay look great. Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay like look great. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So like everybody that we're supposed to be going head to head against later on, like in the playoffs, looks great, except the Niners. But having said that, this week one, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of football left. Yeah. So and teams that look great uh, last week could put up a dud the next week, depending. They on don't the always sustain it. We didn't necessarily have an easy opponent last week. Nobody in the NFC West is an easy opponent. So none of those are easy outs. They're I'm sorry, they're just not. Those are going to be. You know, in baseball, that's going to be a long pitch count, you know, where the batter is going to be taking pitches or fouling pitches off. It's going to be one of those things, man, where it's just annoyingly, you know, it's going to be an annoying struggle against these teams. All the, the, those, the next seven games left that we have against those opponents are all going to be tight ones. They are. And my suspicion is, well, hopefully, this is what I'm hoping, is that pretty much we all split. That's like the best case scenario now. You cannot have one team sweep anybody. Because if any team sweeps anybody, we're all in trouble. Like that's how tight it is in the NFC West. But having said that, I agree. We get it together. We win convincingly. We show people that the 49ers are still here. And we just have to hold together for the next four weeks. Just four weeks. Get everyone back. And by the time the gauntlet starts, we are ready to go. All right. So... What say you, Goldcast Empire? Who's going to win and by how many points? Let us know at youtube.com slash the Goldcast. Let us know in the comments. Let us know what you think because we want to hear from you. Raymond, any final thoughts before we go? Yeah. um, Be on the lookout. Really pay attention to Brandon Ayuk because we need to see how he does. And let's also watch Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw has an opportunity to here to grow as a player. It's been he's had, you know, Kyle Shanahan praised him in camp, even though we all know he struggled in camp. And he had a decent game, nothing that really stood out, you know, as last week, but it was good to see him in live fire, you know, action. So let's see him today against a lesser opponent take some steps. I'm looking for him to take steps. That's really what I want to see this week. You know, I want to see the team win convincingly, but I also want to see the young guns that we drafted take some steps too. We know Debo Samuel took steps almost every game. He was contributing from game one, pretty explosive, you know, but he had some missteps along the way. Remember in the first half of the season, he had that drop ball in the end zone. Mm -hmm. That was a big one. He he really turned it around from that point on because that was like a big one for him. So I really want to see what Brandon Ayuk is able to bring to the table because the Niners have done a pretty good job drafting really across the board. There hasn't been any one position that where there's there's you know there's been some shortcomings in some of these drafts for sure, but there's been a lot of hits in, in between free agency and the draft. So I really want to see some of these offensive players come into the mold. I, you know we did we did great on Debo Samuel last season. So really excited to see Brandon Ayuk this this week. So everyone keep your eyes peeled on him and Javon Kinlaw on the other side. Remember, these are the two first-rounders that we got. So these are the guys that we've got to see progress on a week-to-week basis. And this is a really good game for them to take some steps towards you know, becoming more effective players. Absolutely. And last one, let's hope uh, Mohamed Sanu does something. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of buried that lead. We didn't even talk about it. We didn't even talk about it. We picked up Mohamed Sanu during all of this. Now, remember, he went to New England, did absolutely nothing. His ankle was bugging him, and he was never really able to do anything. We got Emmanuel Sanders, although he wanted Mohamed Sanu. We were in the Mohamed Sanu sweepstakes last season, but we missed out on him and ended up taking Emmanuel Sanders, which turned out to be the better decision anyways. We saw what that turned out to be. You know, it's unfortunate that we couldn't keep him, but hey, cash rules everything around me, as Wu Tang says. But Mohamed Sanu, on the other hand, um, I think he's going to be more encouraged with this decision versus New England because he's coming to a coach that he knows. He's coming to a system that he knows. So it's going to be a much smoother transition for him versus what he did or didn't do last year in New England. So I think that we should be excited for him actually being productive versus you know being skeptical because you're maybe going off of of what he didn't do in new england this is a much better fit for him because you know this is just it's Emmanuel sanders can go anywhere and be good because that's how good he is Mohamed sanu more of a system guy so that, at least that's how i perceive him so coming into a system that he's familiar with and a coach that he likes and respects i think this that'll be an easy an easy thing for him to acclimate to and we'll see Jimmy G look for him because he's a big target. We now we've got a big threat, good speed, good route running. That's going to really actually that actually kind of changes my analysis a bit because I forgot about this. He's actually going to open up opportunities for George Kittle if he's able to actually catch and run, which seems like If we hope. Yeah, yeah, we hope. And more importantly, he's going to open up opportunities for Ben and Ayuk because they're going to be paying attention to Muhammad Sanu more so than the rookie. So I expect him to get some opportunities now with because Mohamed Sanu is going to draw some attention in that secondary. And there isn't too much going on in that secondary because the best thing in that secondary is now in Seattle. So there's really there's a lot of vulnerability in this team right now. And the Niners just have a golden opportunity to bounce back. I think with Mohamed Sanu, now that I now that I remember that he's on the team, you know, coupled with Brandon Ayuk's return. So we get two we get two two weapons back this week. So that's awesome for Jimmy Garoppolo and the rest of the At wide receiver, which is yes. what we were hurting at last exactly. week. Exactly. And then a couple weeks from now we're gonna get Debo Samuel. We have Mohammed Sanu this whole time. So it's not like we just have him for a couple games. He's gonna be with us on this haul. So we'll see how his health stacks up. But if it holds up, then Jimmy G should have a lot of success. He should be able to pick up right where he left off last year, if not more so with Debo Samuel back in the lineup when he does come back in the lineup. And if Brandon Ayuk is able to kind of do the same thing that Debo did last year, we'll just have to wait and see. But Mohamed Sanu really does give me a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to pull off this win in convincing fashion. Well, I hope you're right. And I think you're right. So there we go. We're going to find out, though, this Sunday. So we will be back next week for the recap and, of course, the preview of week three. This is basically the schedule for the Goldcast for the entire season. So get ready. Buckle in. And if you are not subscribed to YouTube.com slash the Goldcast, what's wrong? What's the problem? We're right here. And as I mentioned last week, we are so much more handsome visually than auditorily. We, we have beautiful voices, Ray. But physically, it's like Adonis and Adonis. Yes. And I mean that humbly. Humbly speaking. It's not easy being really, 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 really ridiculously good looking. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. All right. There we go. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Cisa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same gold cast channel.
This is, is the Gold Cast.